I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. How are you now? Broadcasting from the studios at Milson's Point in, where are we? Camaragal country. It's the Theory of Thing investment podcast season eight, episode four. Remember, if it's talked about enough, it's a thing. Great expression. The show is brought to you by the Australian Mutual Funds Exchange, and we are in collaboration with Ensemble. Go and check them out. Um, an advisor-based, and I had it right here, Ensemble is the leading digital platform for financial advice professionals. Uh, starts with an E, it ends in Ensemble. But sponsored by Australian uh, Mutual Funds Exchange, if you want access to any mutual fund in the world, check them out, amfex.com. Very cool. A reminder that all advice contained in this show is general in nature. Please speak to an advisor about your needs. We've got two advisors on the show right now. I am one of them, James Whelan, investment manager at VFS Group. I am a white male aged 41. I am wearing jeans, a blue and white striped top, and I'm wearing uh, the sweater of the Northbridge Knockouts, the best skipping team in the country uh, because I'm off to Canberra in a few hours to go and do the state champs where my youngest daughter is going to go for back-to-back-to-back I think maybe four in a row. This could be three in a row state championships. Uh, a jump rope. Really proud of her for that. I'm also joined by Heath Moss of HLM Investment. Heath, how are you now? Good morning, James. Very well. Thank you, mate. Hope uh, you're well. Yeah, mate. I am fantastic. On, on, on a high, things that I've done this week have been sensational. We will get to those in just a moment. Uh, this episode is being recorded on the 5th of the 5th, 2023 AD. It is 9.45 AM Australian Eastern Standard Time. Now... You want to talk about you want to talk about someone who I'm just going to do the intro. If you want to talk about an intro, um, we're going to say that uh, <laughs> if you want to see how Gareth Aird probably walked into Commonwealth Bank on Wednesday after being one of the lone economists out there saying there was going to be a rate hike, this is probably how it sounded as he was going in there. Uh, see if I've got it here. Here we go. See if you pick that up. This is him. This would have been him. A bit of swagger about him, I think. <laughs> <laughs> Good on you, Gareth, for absolutely calling it. Picked it like a dirty nose, my friend. Uh, big fan of the show. We're a big fan of his as well. We sat on this podcast last week and absolutely backed him up and said he was going to be right. Called the 25 points correctly. Did we not, Heath? Well, you did. I didn't. Ah, yeah. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> I said hold, but you said you, you rightfully said uh, a rate rise. Yeah, so, I, was yeah I think they I think they this is the one they wanted to do in April, but couldn't because of the banking stuff in um uh, in the US. Yeah. So they did it today. Oh, yeah. yeah, sorry, this week. This week, yeah, it was fantastic. Now we've got um a, an old friend of the show and one of the better mortgage brokers in the country of uh, principal of Legend Finance. To walk us through what it means and what some other amazing things that are going on in the property market, not, not only property market, in the lending market, and exactly what it means. Are we stuffed? How stuffed are we? Are we not stuffed? How not stuffed are we? We're going to find out in just a second. Ben Anson of Legend Finance. Ben, how are you now? Good morning, James. Wonderful uh, introduction there. Great context. Thank you. Great to be here. Yeah, no worries at all. Now, look, mate, straight to it because the, the new theme for the show is short and sweet and get it done and t- talk about what's going to happen. 25 points. Um, now, we caught up the other day, uh, it was actually on that Tuesday, I believe, before the before the announcement came out, 
Um, we should have put a bet on it, but the uh, yeah. So, so, and you were talking about how the how the market was currently being impacted with borrowers now, and how they're locked in or what their situation is. I'm just going to let you go freestyle on this one and tell us what you're seeing again at the coal face because it was so amazing last time you're on the show. Go again, please. Yeah, thanks, James. Well, yes, if we had have had a bet, because I think we did meet an hour or so before the announcement, I would have lost, you would have won. <laughs> Given how big your wallet is, had, had you put it down on the table, you would have um, paid off the home loan. <laughs> um, excellent. I didn't uh, think the rates would increase. Uh, the I think the human warm-blooded element within me, and again, broking now for 34 years, uh, I was hoping beyond hope that the Reserve Bank of Australia uh, after being told last month that a second board would be created to essentially oversee decisions like this. I was hoping beyond hope that they would realise they had more than one lever to manage, assist and uh, finesse the economy uh, rather than be lazy with interest rates. So those that, yes, listen to myself at Legend Finance and I speak to a few people each week know that I haven't advocated or promulgated interest rate rises at all because it's affecting the wrong people. Mm. Um, but what the rate rise has done, um, banks are endeavouring to be all lenders, and there's over 44 of them out there in the Australian lending landscape, all licensed lenders through the Australian Banking Association. What they've endeavoured to do is remain competitive. They were doing all sorts of weird things, cash back sweeteners, rebates and so forth. But what the rate rise means is we've now got owner-occupied home loan rates in the low fives. I mean, around 5.1 thereabouts. Um, if you're paying more than that, um, you should speak to a, an, a suitably qualified and experienced broker to uh, review your facility. I'll put a link on the site. And um, investment loans are, are significantly higher. So what the rate rise has done is it's allowing lenders to uh, increase the differentiation between home loans and investment loans. Um, but what we did discuss on Tuesday, James, yes, you're right, and it concerns me that people are running around that obtained pre-approval earlier this year. Now, pre-approval, essentially, you have a lifespan and shelf life of around 70, maybe 90 days, depending on the lender. Yeah. Again, like oils, lenders are not like all lenders. Um, and what I've noticed is the people I'm speaking to, they're actually going to auctions or going to bid on properties, and what it, their borrowing capacity is today, given rate rises, even though we didn't have one last month, their borrowing capacity can be uh, uh, reduced by as much, and I've seen these cases, uh, upwards of $150,000 because of the rate increases and because the way that each bank has respectively uh, fine-tuned or adjusted the algorithms which are used to calculate borrowing capacity so, look, that's the bad news. The good news is, as I've said, lenders aren't lenders. Not all lenders are alike. And at the behest of the Royal Commission, we saw lenders calculating what you could borrow based on a new little um, equation called debt to, to uh, income. Yep. How's that? Uh, How does that? Well, essentially, what, what, what banks are saying is, or lenders are saying, majority of them, but not all, is that we don't want to see you borrow more than six times or have net debt greater than six times your annual income. <laughs> but we're seeing a, a couple of lenders, there might be more than two at the moment at the time of speaking, that have come out and said, we're not using that algorithm or that equation of debt to income any further. We are assessing you based on the quality of the asset, on the quality of your credit rating, quality of your income, how long you've been in your job, what your occupation is. 
Um, so whilst the RBA may put rates up, and that's going to affect different quarters of the economy, as, as many of us could discuss ad nauseum, but from mm. a lending perspective, it's perhaps more behest of borrowers, if they're considering it buying, whether it's private treaty or an auction, to ensure that your pre-approval and your borrowing capacity is what you believe it to be based on the rate increases. And did you get pre-approval on a variable rate, on a principal and interest variable rate, an interest-only rate, or a fixed rate? And they all differ from lender to lender, which means that the amount you can borrow is going to differ. Okay. Okay. Now, uh, is there something else that goes on? And, and we had a broker in here at the office just to do some coalface stuff, and I may have mentioned it on the show a little while ago, that the, the property valuations that have come down from, from where people had them – sorry, I'll just go over this again. The, uh, let's start off. From fixed to variable rate, that mortgage cliff, that fall off, which is happening over the last couple of months and still has got a few more months to, to, to play out. What people are going to find, and this is something that there's been a lot of throwaway remarks of, oh yeah, if you want a better rate, just go and talk to your, t- talk to your bank, talk to you know, talk to a broker, and just switch. It's easy, and they're and they're really underplaying. Just you know, it's, it's easy. It's a piece of cake. Get a better rate somewhere else. It's fantastic. However, the decline in the property valuation that's happened since they got the loan and now actually pushes them past that. And I'm trying to remember what it is. It's that 80 percent LVR area. Where that's now- right. Banks want you to have a bit of equity in the property, and so yep. what we're seeing, uh, seeing James, and again, we, we can't. We've got to make sure we compare apples and apples here. So, the property market in southeast Queensland is different to that of north of Brisbane, which is different to that of north of Sydney, which is different mm. to the eastern suburbs. I mean, the list goes on. There, there are several dozen property markets in the country. Um, we're seeing some very strong growth in certain suburbs of certain states, and then other suburbs. In states, New South Wales could be, is one, for example. Those that performed very strongly throughout COVID, we've seen prices dip 30 to 40% in the space of several months. So if that person signed up for a fixed rate three years ago, and that's due to expire in or mature in September, for example, this year, and September is the month many Treasury officials of respective banks, particularly the big four, are concerned about, there's talk of between 200 and 250,000 fixed rate loans that are set to mature in September alone. Okay. That's a lot of people out there looking either now to refinance and they may find that the property that was valued at 1.7 million in June of last year is valued at 1.1 million today. Yeah. Which which then if they've got so if if they needed x amount to be able to borrow against it that puts put and it pushes them into that different LVR. They need mortgage insurance, don't they, which is actually going to... Bank. Yes, it pushes them into a position the bank may not be happy to, to, to lend against. So it, it's all well and good to say let's refinance for a more competitive rate. And, yes, I would encourage people to review their internet banking, review their loan statements, but um, because lending isn't the same across all suburbs, across all states, and, indeed, is also predicated on your occupation, your self-employed, your POYG, how long have you been in your job, Etc. Et how much of your income is, is based on commission or bonus or um, KPI targets and whatnot, these all affect the type of loan you may apply for, how you'll get approved and certainly which lender. And I see a lot of and speak to a lot of self-employed people each week, speak to their accountants. I'm speaking to more accountants regularly now because accountants got far more proactively involved with their clients' affairs throughout COVID, particularly where government stimulus was involved. A lot of banks are treating government stimulus different to now to the way they did during COVID. 
And there are a number of banks that are treating items on tax returns, such as advacs and depreciation items, very differently to, to where they may have done two or three years ago. So it is very important that you don't knee-jerk as in quick, I'm going to refinance, because the lender you're with now may be the right lender. It's just that you need the help of an independent finance broker to go in and maybe renegotiate your rate uh, rather than commit to another lender where you fall out of favour with your current lender and the new lender may not finally approve that loan. I have found it, yeah. I have, I have found it quite advantageous in the past. Uh, full disclosure, I, I have used uh, Ben on a, a few occasions, actually, and always found it just amazing to go through. Now, uh, I'm looking at a, <laughs> I'm looking at an NAB, uh, NAB statement here. It's actually a newspaper statement, but it's uh, NAB. I think it's the Sydney Morning Herald here. One in five NAB customers are mortgage prisoners. Um, one in five NAB home loan customers are mortgage prisoners, meaning they can't switch banks because higher interest rates present, prevent them from clearing serviceability buffers at a new lender. That, that's a lot. That's 20, 20% of people at one of the biggest banks in the country cannot physically move. That's right. We saw this in the GFC in 2009-10 where banks were essentially saying to brokers, saying to yours truly, Ben, we suggest you don't submit this application because, firstly, we can't see the property valuing up what it may have done three or four years ago. Um, and given the rates have increased, that changes the client's borrowing capacity. So what one could borrow three years ago And if we look back to when COVID commenced in this country on the 13th of March, 2020, we had fixed rates of 1.79, Your Borrowing capacity was significantly higher on your salary than what it is today. And if your salary hasn't moved, we don't need to be the most qualified from our high school maths days to point out that if I'm earning the same in 2023 that I was earning in 2020, yet the cash rate back in March, 2020 was 0.1%. And today it's 3.85%. Something's got to give, and that's mm. the amount that banks will lend. Your borrowing capacity is significantly reduced today. So, again, maybe it's worthwhile speaking to a broker on which banks don't calculate my debt to income, which banks calculate borrowing capacity on a fixed rate loan, different, for example, a variable rate loan, and the list goes on. There are so many variables that will affect your borrowing capacity. Investment loans that we, you and I spoke about before the rate rise are copying a, um, a lot of attention at the moment from lenders who are reporting various facts about the investment loans to the ATO uh, and what rent borrowers are receiving from these properties. So that's something else to consider. Huh, very good, very good. Um, now, I was thinking that there was something else that was there. Oh, yeah, you, you mentioned a few suburbs and a few spots in Australia that, that were detracting or p- potentially appreciating. Let's go a little bit of good news and then we'll go on to some general market chat. Okay, well, good news. There are, there are some suburbs that are doing uh, very well. Houses, for example, in some suburbs in southeast Queensland have performed extremely well in the last several months. Indeed, um, I've attended auctions Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 
Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Um, in person, both online, where properties in um, uh, a couple of suburbs have, have gone almost double than what the, the owners paid for them 14 months ago. Um, we saw just at the commencement of COVID um, apartments, luxury high-rise apartments in on the Gold Coast, for example, um, they were being valued at the time of settlement uh, at close to double of what people had paid for them off the plan only two and a half years earlier. Yet we're seeing those, those um, suburbs record easing of prices now a lot to do, I think, with the fact that so much more product is on the market, so buyers can pick and choose. Um, and so it's the houses that have increased in value. Apartments are easing off. And yet we're seeing the reverse of that in other states around the country. Mm. Um, it no. was interesting to hear that the fact that immigration numbers are going to hit over 700,000 this year. So I think that will essentially consume some of the saturation points or the overflow of property in some of outer suburbs. Um, but we're still seeing some very strong demand in particular properties if they're good quality. Okay. Well, well there's, there's a little bit of good news for you. Uh, we're going to shift on, uh, keeping it tight and on here. Ben, stick around for the conversation um, if uh, if you've got the availability. Heath, mate, we've seen results in the US have been – I'm going to do the throwaway thing that I just learned in, in how to do media stuff. Results were mixed. Uh, mate, do you want to give us a quick flash? I've got a few of my little favourites that have come out and my trade that paid this week as well. Yeah, obviously, um, the big one was Apple this morning. Uh, I was able to have a quick look at that this morning. Um, and whilst, you know, um, they they beat uh, uh, lowered estimates, they did beat them quite strongly. They beat them on revenue and um, and the uh, earnings. Uh, it was interesting to see that the the uh, the US uh, well foreign exchange rates are still having a big uh, imp- impact on their uh, revenues. Uh, mm-hmm. It impacted them by about five hundred basis points. They think so. You would have to think looking at you know looking at the Dixie. The Dixie was a lot lower than it was uh, this time last year. Um, uh, it was about 94 last year, this time, and it's about 101, 102 at the moment. So you'd have to think that would be coming from the Chinese one that has been devalued quite heavily over the last 12 months. So, um, but overall, I mean, it was a quite a resilient report, I would, I would say. They, uh, they're still seeing really good uh, growth uh, globally in their hardware sales. Um, their services are still going, going, going along very nicely. Hardware was down 5% revenue. Uh, services was up five percent. So, mm. um, and they're saying that uh, over the last three years, uh, the amount of people who have obtained a service has more than tripled. Uh, so, you're looking at about 945 million people who, who now subscribe to a service from Apple. And that's that's for me. That's where the future of the company is. I mean, they always have their hardware, but that's just an entry into their ecosystem. Yep. Um, services is where the big margins are, and where I think eventually it'll allow them to discount their phones and their iPads so much so that it penetrates the market even further. Um, so I saw um, a, a study saying that uh, 
uh, four out of five um, uh, people in China still prefer uh, like an Apple, an iPhone over their competitors. It is remarkable the amount of influence they're bound to get there. And, of course, you've got that huge runway that's going to happen in India. Yeah. Um, they're going to start a factory up there and start producing more and selling more into India. Yep. Um, I think they're at I 5%. Mean, I, was doing the, I was doing some numbers on this. Yeah, about, I think it's they're just five. They're looking, to get, they're looking to get to 7% in the next year or something. Yep. So it's, it's, yeah. And that's a big, that's a big change. Yeah, talking. and you're talking about a market that is, that is as big as, as uh, China. Bigger and than China then, now? Well, yeah, more bigger than China. Yeah. More popular. And, and becoming um, just as wealthy. So, if you want access to the Indian, if you want access to Indian mutual funds, <laughs> we know where to go. You go to amfex.com <laughs> and you get your access to those Indian mutual funds because you can't get access to them anywhere else. Sorry, yeah. Keith, go on. That's all right. I'm a bit of a fanboy for Apple. I think uh, the way they've struck. I mean, I don't like using their. I hadn't noticed. I hate that well. ecosystem. Yeah. I hate it. But them as a company, the way they're structured and that ecosystem are dragging you in and making it so hard for you to get out. Yeah. Um, and then you're subscribing to their health, their music, their, you know, whatever else their services are. It just it makes you, you're in there for life almost. Um, it's yeah. like a marriage. So, um, I can't, I mean, I can't yeah. extract myself. I know full well that I'm not going to be able to extract myself from the Apple ecosystem. Yeah. I'm now, yeah. I've got too much data in there. There's too much. I'm just not. And it's just like, you know what? Prison's not that bad. <laughs> no, they, they produce a quality product, but, and that's why they've been success, successful. Yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, they, the company itself has just just run so very well. They're doing, a, I think, a ninety billion dollar buyback again, or something along those that's lines. That's right. Sitting on mountains of cash, and I did say about a month ago they're, they're actually venturing into the banking space, the financial space. Yes, they are. It's backed by Goldman Sachs, but yep, it's interesting. They're setting up savings accounts through Apple. So, Mate, if you've got all that um, cash. Yeah, go yeah, nuts, exactly. man. That's all right. So that, it makes more that was sense. My big than a, yeah. No, that, that 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 was a good takeaway, and makes mm. more sense. I mean, you got to think putting uh, putting money with your phone provider um, probably mm. makes more sense than putting money with your regional bank at the moment over in the states. So, um, oh, mate, um, that's I've got, a, I've got a state stat there for you. I mean, uh, me. in January, in January, the, the the market cap of all regional banks in the US was four hundred sixty, no, seventy eight billion. It was about just say five hundred. Yeah, five hundred billion. It's now less than one hundred billion. That is. So, we can see the damage, that destruction throughout that, that industry. And you know it's just... You know what we've got ahead of us? Yeah, no, sorry, you go. Unfortunately, the rules that were set in place after the GFC to protect consumers, um, they weren't applied to a lot of these regional banks because they were simply too small. Hmm. And I think why they weren't applied, because it would have just increased costs and made them not, not, a, not able to compete on the level with the, the larger banks and, you know, actually been a hindrance to them. But obviously, that is now coming back to bite because you know they're all getting in trouble with these deposits and um, lower uh, book valuations, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So yeah. uh, it's it's really gonna you're gonna see a lot of consolidation like we already have in their sector. By Jamie consolidation, Dimon, you mean Jamie Dimon just buys yeah, everything, right? Yeah, Jamie Dimon is just gonna <laughs> <own every laughs> bank in consolidation air quotes. Good, yeah. Yep. Okay. So I mean, you, by the end of it, you have Jamie Jamie Dimon and JP Morgan. Uh, Goldman yep. Sachs left, and that's probably it. So, yeah, um, if you've got to own, yeah. if you're going to own something, you want to own the big end of town. And what? Oh God, I just realised what we've got ahead of us now is Bill Ackman's effing eighteen-page tweets, bitching about the banking system and how much it needs to be saved and how much the regional banking system. Because he went into this thing, he's about thirty percent down on this one, yep. on this trade. He, he went, yep. he went. Regional banks are a great buy, a great steal. He would have gone long on Pershing Square. He's doing his ass, and mm-hmm. the bitching from this guy about this stuff is just insane. I can't stand it. I know. 
I know it is the is the sort of the opposite of talking your book, you know, protecting your book. Someone's saying you really feel, James. <laughs> he's 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 someone that I just detest, just genuinely yeah. detest. He, how's that? He, how's that therapy going to address these issues you have with the gentleman? That's <laughs> why I talk on the podcast. It's, a, it's a, this is a, you know this is a my what do you, calisthenics or whatever you want to say. It's it's healthy. You got to vent, mate. You got to let it out. Um, now, where were we? Where, where, where? So the Fed also put it up another 25. That's it. Yep. I honestly believe that the Fed and the RBA are now matched. Yep. They're yep. done. They pause. I'm, they'll see. They'll cut at the back end of the year. Yep. Yeah. I'm, I'm actually, I might, I might, I might walk back my prediction of last week, uh, last week, mm-hmm. saying that the RBA would cut by the end of the year. Mm-hmm. I think because they're so data dependent and because the data lags so much, I don't think it's going to show them that the deterioration they want to see. So I think Q1 next year is when they'll they'll, they'll cut. They okay. seem, I mean, they need to get on board like the Fed and be able to get more up-to-date live data. I mean, our banks can give it to them. Our banks can give them live data of where spending and, and all that sort of stuff is going. They should be tapping that as one of the best resources you can possibly get um, yeah. and helping them make their decisions. But, yeah, but also Macquarie reported this morning here in Australia and they are the darlings of the Australian bank community here in Australia. They beat... Um, they're down about a percent at the moment. Um, but, yeah, it was a good report overall. Uh, they did benefit from, uh, was it, uh, investment. Uh, net interest in trading income was materially higher. So excellent. That's excellent. They, they All right, we've got to move on because I've got to go and get a thing signed by a guy at 10.30. I've got some. Uh, I've got a stat deck that's done for some documents for ASIC. That's uh, going to be killing me. My big play is data centres. I went long Equinix um, going into their reporting, and that went quite well. Um, and the the reason that that changed, this is my trade that paid. Um, have a good look at, at not data centers generally because there's a lot of crappy rates in there. Equinix specifically, and we're doing some uh, some work to see if we can find something smaller with our amazing intern that we've got here. Gregory is just doing some stuff that, you know, just off the back of the envelope sort of he's, he's an incredible guy. Um, interns, give them a chance. They're, uh, they might surprise you sometimes. The um, This isn't actually work. This is just sort of some research stuff. You know, you can't actually give interns real work. So, um, yeah, Equinix, we're looking at that after the Brookfield, uh, Brookfield, the head of strategy on the UBS podcast over the weekend mentioned we are now one of, you know, accidentally, we're now one of the biggest data center owners in the world. They own everything, 700,000 people in different businesses all over the place. And he said, we now see that data centers with AI and the AI revolution, data centers are now as important a piece of our portfolio as logistics. And that's Brookfield saying this. They're the logistics yep. people. For him to say that, I just went, wow, okay, I'm going to charge into this, do some homework. Equinix looked amazing. I knew that they were reporting. They reported really well. I'm happy with this thing. It's um, it's a smart it's a smart plan. Happy, I'm happy to have this thing on here for the duration of the portfolio. But no time for that. Football, give me a footy tip, each of you around the grounds. Let's go. Heath, you're up first. Uh, I've got a quick one for you. Yeah, the Cats to beat my Crows by 1 to 39. Wow. And about two twenty-five at the moment. So that's yeah, I that's think, sharp. That's yeah, it's sharp. down down at the Cattery. We we don't we don't win there. We've only oh. won there twice in our history. So yeah, Tom's 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 playing out of his skin too. Right? You see, yeah, exactly. Like so the cats, the cats uh, I don't think I don't think they'll blow us out, but I think uh, they'll they'll win by four or five goals. So. Good, good. Uh, ben, you got a footy tip for us, mate? I got uh, well, I got three. Oh, go comments three. to make in the AFL derby down in Melbourne. Of course, the Swans to beat Collingwood. Good enough. Mm. Hit by a point on the weekend, but I was uh, there. Was... <laughs> I'll say, as my if, if my fa- if I didn't tip them, my father would rise from his ashes and 
right now at will. <laughs> Swans, uh, given he's a former Swans player, the Swans to win in against Collingwood in the yeah. biggest derby of the weekend, the biggest. If any listeners wish to get down to Bob's Stadium, also known as Taramara Memorial Oval, they'll see Barker Old Boys take on Knox Old Boys in oh, the uh, North Shore derby. <laughs> As a former president of the club, current patron, and someone that's played close to 500 games with them since the 80s, I certainly tip Barker Old Boys to do Knox Old Boys. And my wife would hang me if I didn't mention the Raiders this weekend uh, to win. Against the doggies, isn't it? Yeah, I'll be heading yes. down. I'll be I'll be heading down with. Uh, oh, gee, we've done that convoy run before. So I'm driving down to our nation's capital, and there's uh, you get all the doggy supporters. I don't know if they're going to travel. Oh no, actually they're not because it's all up in Queensland, isn't it? It's magic yes. ground. Well, I don't understand that. What 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 is magic? Is that magic mushrooms? Is that Queensland is still thinking Joe Bjorki Peterson's in power? Oh, <laughs> there now Luke's got a chip on his shoulder. <laughs> they play they play every game at Suncorp, and then the eight the AFL ripped them off this year. Um. Yeah, but, I thought you did it better. You mean? Yeah, oh, well, I don't know. Anyway, <laughs> look, it's it seems like a good trip up uh, up north. Now, um, my tip- James, James, before I before you, your tip, if I could cut in one other tip I have on a, on a business sense, though, and I, you know we are a little bit away from thirty June, yes, twenty three, but we're getting there. Can I <clears throat> suggest, encourage, and uh, strongly recommend listeners with investment properties of any sort? I'm still absolutely flabbergasted that ninety nine out of 100 clients I speak to have not engaged a quantity surveyor to obtain and prepare a depreciation schedule for their investment property. Yes. I mentioned uh, earlier in this podcast of yours that various lenders were passing on loan information to the ATO regarding investment property loans. Um, So many more properties now are being rented out on a temporary basis via Airbnb and um, not all banks will treat that income as rental income as you would if you had a lease agreement so one thing that will help you is a depreciation schedule so you can claim all the appropriate deductions particularly if you're renting out on a permanent basis on a six or 12 month lease versus Airbnb. i'm not giving get a quantity spray in they are a piece of cake to get to i mean just just yeah it's a search it's a simple google search and just go bang depreciation schedule they come and they do it and then they just send you the whole form you just send that straight off to your account it's all butter bing butter boom biddy boo um from memory uh my tip and then we'll close the show off is i reckon warriors take the points against the panthers um that uh, I think it'll be close. I think there's something wrong with the Panthers at the moment. And I think that the Warriors just, they just, they're, they're almost there. A bit of luck, but that's that's gambling for you. So take Warriors, whatever the points are they're giving them, take that. Now that's the show. Ben Anton of Legend Finance. Thank you very much, mate. If anyone wants anything to do with mortgage broking, please click the link on the site or whatever. Just look him up, Ben Anson at Legend Finance. Ben, thank you so much. James, pleasure. Thank you so much. Well done. No worries, mate. Um, Heath Moss from HLM Investments. It's always a pleasure. Uh, thanks, mate, and uh, everyone have a, a great week. Weekend. Yep. Mark well, everyone, Mark well. I will. Uh, I'll catch you next time. Thanks for listening. Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, 
turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. 